Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. You know, when you go through tough times like this, maybe it makes you a better team. You know, for Connor and for Dreisaitl, those guys have had uh, nice careers, and they've hit a little bump in the road, and it's going to make them better, it's going to make them stronger, and it's going to make them great people. This is Ryan Eugene Hopkins. This is Oscar Platt. This is Malala This is Cam Talbot. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers. This is Oil Country. And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A. Now, Bob Stoffer on the official radio station of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Shed. He was born in the summer of his 27th year. Coming home to a place he'd never been before. He left yesterday behind. Bob Stoffer joining you. We got a game night. The Colorado Avalanche in town to play the Edmonton Oilers. This is Oilers Now. It is brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Chad uses Digitex for their copiers in their printers, and their service is outstanding. Coming up, a quick look at the uh, lineups that we're going to see in tonight's game: Edmonton against Colorado. Some quotes from. Uh, some of the uh, participants in tonight's game, including uh, Connor McDavid, Mark Letestu, uh, as well as uh, Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. Quick update from Ryan Nugent Hopkins as well, who's back skating with the team. Reed Wilkins will swing by at 12.20 from Inside Sports. From NHL Hockey and Rogers, Louis DeBrusque at 12.35. Brian Lawton from the NHL Network, former general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning. A long-time agent with Octagon at 105, and then we'll go into some more extended coverage of tonight's game between 1.30 and 2. Uh, hope you're having a killer Thursday. Uh, many of you were probably up late last night. 
The United States ultimately getting the victory in the women's gold medal final. Hey, you can't win every year. And uh, the U.S. got the uh, shootout win. Shannon Zabados was outstanding for Canada. She's the only reason why it got to a shootout, let's face it. Um, the Americans, give them credit, they were flying, especially in the third and in uh, overtime. Uh, and I think they used some of their younger players. Speed and skill and youth was served. And as a result, this song by Bruce Springsteen was being played in the building after the Americans won. If there has ever been a song that has been misrepresented more, a protest song written by Bruce Springsteen, uh, about uh, the Vietnam War and the aftermath of the Vietnam War for some of their veterans. I swear there has been no song that has served as a uh, reminder that we use things at times, and we've done it on this show too, uh, for a purpose. But I, I had to chuckle as they were playing that song in the building last night after the Americans got the gold medal victory. Uh, an emotional night. Um, and I, I, I do watch all hockey and love hockey. And I, I, I got to say it, Zabados played great for Canada because if not for her, it's not getting there. I thought the Americans in the end were quicker, uh, faster, and frankly better. They'd won four straight uh, world championships. Canada had won four straight gold medals. And sometimes you just don't get a win all the time. So I really felt badly, mostly for Shannon Zabados, to be frank with you, um, given the fact that, I mean, there were some terrific moves made in that shootout. Uh, the 5-1 to one penalty calls until overtime, frankly, for me, were deserved. Uh, if anything, Canada got away with a pretty big-time hit in the third period. But uh, many of you are watching it because you love hockey and you love the game. But i got to contrast that song with the quintessential... Canadian song for me, written by Spirit of the West, which says it all about being Canadian, far too Canadian. I'm so content to stand in line, wait and see, pass the time, talk a street. Fall asleep Wake up late Wine and weep I kiss the hand It slaps me senseless I'm so accepting I am So defenseless I am far Too Canadian now, maybe that song doesn't quite resonate today like it did 25 years ago. Canadians were perhaps meeker internationally. Um, I forget the writer. He's uh, an Alberta-based writer. He wrote a book called uh, Why I Hate Canadians, and he talks about this great mythology that we all have in Canada that, uh, you know, the Europeans like us more than Americans, and, and so we're great. And the truth is, his point in the book was that Canadians are only marginally more polite than most Americans. And and frankly, uh, I'm a Canadian that isn't as polite as some of the Americans I know in the business out there. But uh, 
Anyhow, sometimes you got to learn when you get beat. And so uh, give credit where credit was due. It was a close game. Could have gone either way. Canada had the better goaltender. That's why it got to uh, overtime. Uh, the Americans were the better team, and it's an extended metaphor for what's happening in the NHL. Speed, skill, and youth is served. These organizations that uh, go down that path have greater success. There's nothing to be ashamed about winning a silver medal in a shootout loss. As for the shootout, crappy way to lose in that situation. It was an exciting shootout, though, Bob. I'll it give was. it that. I mean, shootouts aren't always good, but that was a pretty exciting shootout. To be honest with you, I'm surprised the Americans got three past Sabados. I really yeah. I, 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 And the first one was pure fluke. The girl fanned on the shot, or a woman fanned on the shot, and it double-clutched, and that ended up getting past her. Uh, the other two were legitimate goals. The, the Kessel's, Amanda Kessel's uh, shot was a, a you know, a wicked, uh, excellent shot, and then the, the move made by uh, one of the two Lamarus, uh on the, the sixth shot was fantastic. Um, and, and you think of the recipe for success in 2010 and 2014, when the U.S. had won the majority, majority of the world uh, championships going in, uh, Zabados in goal, and then uh, Poulin sniping big-time goals. And it looked like that might come to fruition again last night. But uh, I, I think you have to acknowledge when another team's... It's kind of like Boston against Edmonton. A year ago, Boston came in here in March, and the Oilers took them to the cleaners and, and walloped them pretty good. And a year later, Boston right now has a way better team than Edmonton. They're faster, they're quicker, and they've transitioned a lot of their youth. Now, one thing that I want you to think about... I'm not trying to sell you on this. I just want you to think of Just go take a look at... Go hop on HockeyDB right now and take a look at Boston's 2014 draft. Okay? Because Keith Gretzky ran that draft for Boston. They got David Pasternak 25th in that draft year. Okay? He's the second highest scoring player from that 2014 draft behind Leon Dreisaitl. Okay? They also, in that draft year, in the second round... Uh, Reed's just pulling it up for me right now. They got Ryan Donato in the second round, who was the star player for the Americans at the Olympics, and he's currently with Harvard. Danton Hyden has already become, he was a fourth-round pick that year for Boston. He's already become a legitimate top-nine forward. For, he's having a terrific year. Anders Bjork, uh, who's been hurt, is certainly a guy that is going to be a top-nine NHL forward because he can skate. Four forwards taken, and they're all going to be impactful players uh, in the National Hockey League. So that was Keith Gretzky's draft. This past year, Keith Gretzky and Bob Green ran the draft for the Edmonton Oilers. They got Yamamoto, and, and I will say with confidence, because he's smart, because of the way the game's going, I think Kyler Yamamoto is going to be an impactful top six NHL forward. I, I don't have any debates in my own mind about that. And then you get to a couple picks that Edmonton made in the fourth and fifth round. We'll start with uh, Ostap uh, Safin. He's playing on a terrible team right now in the uh, Quebec League for the St. John Sea Dogs, who've been a powerhouse, but he's having an excellent year. He's up to 24 goals, 52 points in 51 games. And then the other guy is Kirill Maximoff. And he was a fifth-round pick. And he's got 28 goals and 61 points playing for Niagara. So, you know, right now there's no question that the, the part of what's made Boston better than people expected to be is some of those players coming up. The Oilers haven't had a lot of second, third, fourth-round draft choices pan out at forward. They they traded away a bunch. They had compensation for the signing of Shirelli, the signing of McClellan. They need to have a draft year like uh, the one that uh, Gretzky hit on in Boston. So, And it's very early in the process. 
But right now, some of those players are tracking well. And youth gets served, especially in a capital. But it was illustrated again last night when Canada uh, ultimately fell to the U.S. And the Americans were better. That's It's not easy for me to say. I mean, I will. And you know what? I know the U.S. is out in the, uh, in the men's side of the Winter Olympics. Tough situation for the Americans. Right now, the United States is Canada's chief nemesis internationally in hockey. There is no debate. I would argue in women's hockey, they have been better for a few years. It's just Canada's won come crunch time at the gold medal. But they are, they're the country that's winning the World Hockey Championships. In men's, Canada's still better. The U.S. has a puncher's chance in every game, but Canada's way deeper. And if you're going to play for Canada, you have to commit to what Canada wants you to play as. And that's part of the reason for their success as well. All right, we got a game tonight. We've got the Edmonton Oilers and the Colorado Avalanche. It is the trade deadline coming up on Monday. Uh, yesterday, Patrick Maroon was not on the ice for a full practice. Today was an optional. And uh, Maroon was not on the ice. Drake Kajula, uh, you know, a young player struggling a bit, not on the ice for an optional as well. That was a sign something was amiss. I asked Todd McClellan to update us on Patrick Maroon and Drake Kajula. Yeah, Patty is, uh, he's not traded. I know that's what, what people think. He's got a lower body uh, injury that's that we consider minor. He won't play tonight. Um, believe that he'll play in Los Angeles on Saturday. Drake is sick, won't play tonight. Tom McClellan did shed some insight on the lines with Patrick Maroon out of the lineup. The way Colorado is set up, they're getting a lot now that McKinnon's back in, and we'll build our lines to try and play against, um, you know, that line in particular, um, which could mean Leon is up with Connor again tonight, and then we find a left winger over on, on that side. All right, so yesterday at practice, uh, it was uh, Milan Lucic in that spot. Lucic has not scored in 23 games. McDavid. In the month of February, 11 goals, 15 points in 10 games. Dry saddle in the month of February, 5 goals and 12 points. These guys have basically done all the Oilers scoring here in the last calendar month. Uh, Ryan Strom, yesterday at practice with Mike Camilleri and Slepeshev. Camilleri's not scored in 21. Strom has scored in the last two games after not scoring in the previous 21. Mark Letestu has not scored in 24. Uh... Nor uh, Pogliarvi has not scored in 12. Cassian on the right side. That was the line yesterday. Mark Letestu, three games away from the trade deadline. Um, and he had this to say in preparing what c- could be uh, his final three games as an Edmonton Oiler. It's certainly a possibility. Uh, and, you know, and I've thought about it. Uh, you prepare for it that way. I've prepared my family for it. Uh, my kids, everybody, uh, family, even outside my own immediate family. Uh, you know, you never, I guess there's no decision until there's a decision, but you always want to prepare yourself for any situation, and that's what we've done. All right, that's Mark Latestu of the Evans Oilers. Jujar Kera, Ilro Pakaridin, and Johanna Vitu will be playing. Uh, well, the Oilers will dress 7D because they've only got 11 healthy forwards right now with RNH, Maroon, and uh, Kajula uh, not available for tonight's game. Andre Sekera will not play. Yesterday at practice, it was Nurse with Larson, Clefbaum with Russell, Davidson and Benning. Cam Talbot will start in goal. He's 20-23-2, and two, a 3.12 goals against average and 9.03 save percentage. Uh, he will face... Simeon Varlamov, who this season is 15-12 and two, a 2.87 goals against average and a 9-12 save percentage. Actually, Jonathan Bernier has outplayed uh, Varlamov of late. Uh, the Avs do not have their best defenseman. He's a core guy in the back end. 
Uh, and that is Eric Johnson. He plays 25-43 per game. That is a big loss. In fact, his injury... Sunday afternoon, for me, was the turning point in the hockey game that saw the Oilers rally from 2-1 down, win 4-2 on the Connor McDavid hat-trick. Nikita Zadorov will be with Tyson Berry. Berry played over 30 minutes against Vancouver the other night. Sam Girard, a skilled puck-moving left-shot D-man with Patrick Nemeth in the second pairing. David Warzowski, uh, who was in Boston's organization for a few years, played at Boston University. Uh, he will be paired with local product out of Sherwood Park, Duncan Siemens. Five AHL seasons for Siemens, once an 11th overall pick in the 2011 draft. Uh, and Warsawski, seven American League seasons. Up front, the big line, McKinnon with Landis Skog and Ratton. They're going to be head-to-head, my guess is, most of the night against McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Lucic. Uh, McKinnon last year, just to show you how things can turn around. 16 goals, 53 points in 82 games. Okay? He has 65 points this year in 51 games. But better illustration, last year, Gabriel Landeskog. 18 goals, 33 points in 72 games, minus 25. He's already got 20 goals and 24 points in 55 games this year. So, it is the Edmonton Oilers and the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, one player we did not mention, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. He's back skating. He had these comments on how he feels. Uh, it's nice to get back uh, out there with the guys. Um, been skating for a little while just on my own. and um, Just kind of getting the conditioning. Uh, going to feel the ice in the puck again. But uh, it's... It's always nicer when you get to go back out there, um, skate with the team, if, even if you can't do everything. Uh, just doing the flow drills and stuff is uh, feels good to get back out there for sure. And RNH will be back uh, early in March. All right, uh, when we come back, we're going to bring aboard Reed Wilkins from Inside Sports 1223 in Edmonton. This is Oilers Now. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place ProAmSports.ca. Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB or more, Pro-Am Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a Pro-Am Sports Certificate of Authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, Pro-Am Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca. This is Oscar Clefbaum from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 6.30 Shed. 12.24, let's bring aboard Inside Sports, Reed Wilkins. Reed, uh, you heard my comments. First of all, before we get to tonight's game, Canada-U.S., it was great theater last yep. night. No shame in losing, in my opinion, to that team. Give me your thoughts. Did you agree or disagree with what I had to say? Well, I agree with the majority of it. The United States was the better team, especially in the third period in overtime. Zabados, incredible. That one save she made on that partial breakaway to keep them alive. I mean, she was excellent, and I thought Canada was probably fortunate to get that late power play in overtime and and then, you know, fortunate to have a chance in the shootout. But full marks to the United States. I know it's disappointing. I know a lot of people obviously stayed up late to watch it, but... uh, yeah, you're right. There's those are the two top teams head to head all the time, every year, right. every big game. So, so you're not going to win all of them. Have they I, passed? I, have they passed us? Yeah, they probably have because they've won the last four worlds, right? Yep. But it's still a very, it's it's very cl- very close. But I, I think you know this is maybe a topic for someday in the summer to go more in depth. But the United States is an interesting study, Bob, because you know a, a wealthy nation, over 300 million people. And when they decide they want to get good at a sport, they can often do it, and they often do it very quickly, right? And I think going way back, I mean, we all know about the plight of the Canadian soccer team. They were in the World Cup once in 1986. And I'm pretty sure the Americans were not much of a factor. 
uh, through world, you know, on the international soccer stage in the 70s and 80s. Then they got to host in 94, and they said, we got to get good. So if, you know, and I, and I think, and you referenced it during the commercial, a lot of top female athletes in the United States are, are, are picking hockey. And that's not the same as soccer. With all due respect to soccer in the States, even though it's a cheap sport to play, uh, the more, majority of their best athletes still gravitate towards oh, sure. I'm, basketball I'm just, and football. I, absolutely. Yeah. I'm just saying that yeah. they often, if even if it's a niche sport, if they say we want to bump up our international results, they, the, they can often pull it off. They'll spend the money. They can take coaches from other other nations, right? Because the coach doesn't have to be American, right? right? So, there you go. Jurgen Klinsmann, as an example, with soccer. Right. We got a game here tonight. Uh, so I mentioned the Lions, and it looks like Paul Yarby, a right wing, is going to start tonight on the left side. Now, very quickly, I will say uh, with uh, Latestu and Cassian, I, I think Yessi's play has tailed off. Uh, I've been, you know, I, I believe in this player. There's going to be ups and downs, but the owners are have a depleted roster tonight. Are you well, surprised where he's slotted? Yes, or I am. Or should we wait and see where he does get slotted? Well, obviously, the Lions can could change very quickly. I, I'm a little surprised he's slotted there. Given where the team is at, where the season is has gone and is going, I, I'd like to see him play more. I, I, I understand with McClellan and, and a lot of coaches, it, it, the, the younger players don't get as much leash, right? They, they have to earn the trust before they can consistently get whatever 15, 17, 19 minutes if they're a forward. But I think given the bursts we have seen from – and he had a 10, 12, even 15-game stretch earlier where he was pretty solid and, and was creating a lot and was getting around the paint. I, I'd like to see him up there even, either with McDavid and Dreisaitl on their left side or if those guys are centering different lines with one of them. Because, because I think with him, you want him to feel like he is a trusted player, that he is going to get top six minutes and that he'll be given the opportunity to get offensive chances with offensive players. The irony for me is the best he has looked has been with uh, for me with Karen Strom, and the best Strom has looked is not when he's been with the big boys. It's been when he's with other guys where he's perceived as the most skilled offensive yes, player. and he's the center because he gets in and checks harder. Right. I mean, his game against Calgary was probably his best game as yeah. an Oiler. And he got two assists, was, you know, yep. whatever. He had the overtime goal called off. And he checked. I mean, he was getting in yeah. over top of pucks. He was freeing up pucks on the forecheck. Maybe Strom's and just he a takes more responsibility when he's at center. I, I, people can text us. Is Ryan Strom a third-line center? Is that all he is? Is there anything wrong with that if he's a third-line center? Third-line right shot center that can maybe get you, and I know he's got nine right now, and you would hope that he would have scored 15 to 20. Yep. But if he's a third-line right shot center, you know, can he be that guy? Can he become a penalty killer that's a third-line right-shot center? Do you think he's got it? I, I think if he can turn out to be that guy, that's that would be like. I mean, he has to kill penalties, and right. he has to and he has to check. And he seems to have enjoyed the extra responsibility with the penalty killing, and I think it gets him into the flow of the game a little bit more and helps his five-on-five game. He's he's an interesting player because we we know what Eberle's shortcomings were, and right. if you take the money aside. Uh, to me, Eberle and Strom have similar shortcomings, but Eberle hit the score sheet a lot more. Yeah, right. Well, so, so that's so. Strom's someone said to me, "You need Jordan Eberle to get to the playoffs. He might not deliver for you all the time in the playoffs." Well, it was his first playoffs as well. Yeah. Well, and you know what? They might not make it this year in Brooklyn. Reed, what time is the City Ford Faceoff Show? Let's do it at five thirty, Bob. Reed, I will see you at five thirty-three fifty. Awesome, Bob. All right, off to a global news weather traffic update. Eileen Bell back with Brian. No, wait, uh, Louis DeBrusque from NHL Hockey and Rogers.